You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe, through Ashenkill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet Hall Radio Show. Joined today by the good and golden boy, the internet sweetheart. You know him, you love him. He's 365 Days of Horror, or as I like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I am good. It is still hot. It is still summer, but we are inching closer and closer to the fall, which means football, which means hockey, which means cooler weather, which means Halloween, so good things are ahead of us. We just have to suffer through, like, another month. No, I'm currently setting up a fantasy football draft because I, I I'm trying to microdose the fall here. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Yeah, uh, it's never been hotter in Texas, which is already too hot, and I'm so miserable, man. Like, just want to end it all. Uh, but that's okay because we got this show to keep us, uh, you know, keep us uh, happy and occupied until finally we can just uh, ignore everything and go back to football. I like the microdosing idea. I'm going to use that excuse when I'm just eating candy at work. <laughs> just, oh, I'm, I'm just microdosing Halloween. Just have a bucket full of candy corn. And then growling at anyone that tries to take a piece. Um, I know that we're recording this show early because we, uh, we're doing a double dose. Like for you folks that listened to last week's episode, we recorded this part in the same sitting. Um so this breaking news that we're getting right now is going to be a week late. Uh, but this headline here from the PRP says, Ex-Lost Prophets vocalist Ian Watkins reportedly hospitalized after being beaten and stabbed in prison. And I think I have the question, like a lot of you do, like, just now? Why is it, why is it just now? <laughs> yeah, what took so long? Um, so <clears throat> you, you've seen this. You've heard about this, right? Yes, as someone who liked their first album, I have seen it and I have heard it. You know, he's... Um, 10 years through his uh, 35-year sentence. Has it been that long? It has, yeah. yeah. So, Where does the time go when you're not incarcerated? Any day now, really. uh, Assuming he survives this, which, you know, (laughs) maybe not. Might not. uh, You know, he'll be showing up, knocking on your door and saying, Hi, I'm Ian Watkins, and I'm required to tell you that I am a sex sex offender. Uh, but that's I'm just kidding. He's never going to survive this. He's going to he's going to definitely if not this attack, he will get attacked again and definitely die in prison. Uh, which, you know, uh, <clears throat> all of the carceral justice and stuff is important. But like, come on, this guy, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, it's like whenever I see uh, like a popular tweet or skeet, if you will, now where it's just like you know, retweet, reskeet if you believe in like prison absolution. I just think of like the most egregious stuff like this and I go, well, I mean, I, I will. OK, so I hate to get this serious. I, I know what people mean when they say that. Yes. But but also like it's such a common tactic, like among uh, bad faith individuals yeah. to say, like, imagine, well, the, what if it was the worst guy on Earth? Sure. And I really do think that on a case by case basis, we can say like, oh, this guy that like, you know. As like an insanely vicious child predator, like uh, we have all this proof and stuff. Like, as a community, we can make a decision that maybe this guy just needs to die. <laughs> you just create a big slingshot and put him in it, yeah, and just pull back really far. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll be uh, following this story and future stories too. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we hear more about this. I think that'd be good. I'll be scanning the obituary section. Same. 
this week on Toilet Radio, connected to the last week of Toilet Radio. I knew, I know that we haven't seen any feedback yet because, you know, that last week's episode hasn't gone live yet when we're recording this one. But I assume it was a huge hit and everybody loved it, right? Just thousands and thousands of listens. So many Patreon subscribers, just people throwing their underwear at us. It was a massive hit. So big that we have to follow it up. Yeah. I know... In the past, we've joked about how people need to listen to every single episode start to finish so they know the story. In this case, you actually should listen to the episode before this one. This was kicked off by Beef, specifically. But it's also been something that's been brewing for a while. Uh, Just this year, after God knows how many years we've been doing this, we started keeping a show notes folder. (laughs) The, the typing has gotten more frantic and frayed and more bold and exclamation points of, we have to talk about this. Here's a link to this thing that no one knows about. We need to do this. Um, yeah, so that's not to say that our previous episodes were bad. It's just that we're much better now than we used to be. Uh, I've had a note in here for a while that just says, Doth's new cover of Where the Slime Live." <laughs> And of course, when I put new, this is probably two months old at this point, I guess. Uh, have you heard Doth? Do you know Doth? Yes, Doth was, uh, they were on Roadrunner Records. Uh-huh. They were a metal band. I remember Metal Sucks hyping them up a lot. And then they like fell off the face of the earth. I think some of them joined Chimera for a little while before th- they broke up. Think so. And like Isle Levy, he was, uh, he became like a producer guy for the most part. Did a lot of things that sounded the exact same. Uh, but Doth is back uh, in pog form uh, with a cover of Where the Slime Live by Morbid Angel. Uh, a song, you know, I like. It's a, I think it's a grooving song, if maybe a little bit fashy. Uh, and they, they put out a cover, and I listened to it, and I do, it sounds the exact same as the original, to the point where I was baffled, like, why did you make this? <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Probably their best known song, mm-hmm. and you did it exactly as it sounds, which is fine. I think if you're trying to make some sort of comeback or reintroduce yourself to people, I don't know if it's the best way to go about it. I suppose it's like if you like Morbid Angel, you will like us type mm-hmm. of move. <laughs> Right. They don't sound like that. Right. Really. But, you know, as far as that's like, that's who we want to appeal to. Sure. I can kind of understand doing that move, but we already have Morbid Angel at home. Yes. We don't need to go out for it. Correct. So when you make something that sounds just like them, as a means to reintroduce your people, it's kind of like, eh, what's the point? If you're doing it live, that makes sense. Sure. Or if no, it's like this is a, a bonus track. This is a great live move. You're playing a show. How about how about this song you all know and you all like? We'll play it just like it's you know played by the original band. That'll be a nice treat. Uh, and th- that makes more sense. But releasing it as like a standalone thing, that's absurd to me. It's just it just reminded me of the one time I saw Hatebreed. They covered Raining Blood from Slayer. I'm sure it sounded exactly like it, right? Yeah, with a little struggling on the solos. Yeah. So last week, you introduced the rules of covers. Do you want to just give a quick recap of those? So there's really three, I see it, I'm sure. Other people may see it differently. But there's like three different ways that you can do a cover. One is you're extremely faithful to the cover. 
you sound just like the band you don't change anything it's like not a different tempo it's not a different style it is just you are playing this song right and i think that works like in a in a live setting maybe bonus track something like that uh not necessarily a way to like ingratiate yourself to your fans or find new fans but it's it's something you can do it is a good like starter set for uh, introducing people to your band the second way you can do a cover is making it your own uh you change up the styling the vocalizations you don't try to reach for sounds as much Mm -hmm. you do it more towards your style you're a hardcore band covering i don't know like iron maiden or something like that and you're not trying to sound like bruce dickinson you're probably throwing in breakdowns you're doing it in your style right and that can go well that can be interesting that can be different that could reintroduce people to maybe a forgotten or less known artist or it can sound ridiculous and be embarrassing and be bad for you and everyone involved yes and the third version of that is just doing something completely different. It doesn't really sound like you. It doesn't really sound like the band. But you know the words. You may know the general melody. And that is like a mystery meal. That is you reaching into a brown paper bag, hoping for a delicious sandwich, but you may get a scorpion instead. It is the most dangerous game. <laughs> like Hunting Man. Exactly. With music. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, I think it might be useful for us to continue our, uh, our, our, our tour of covers in the world of metal writ large. I have a few places that we can start here. Do you have anything in particular that you feel strong about? I know we talked about this, like, two three years ago during one of the pandemic shows where like not a lot was going on and i remember inter arma mm-hmm. had put out like a covers ep of yes. like doing neil young songs and remember being offended isn't the right word because offended is like too serious but like beside myself apoplectic uh just like wh- why why are you doing this this does not sound good I refuse to believe people saying it's good or telling the truth to me. So and, yeah, that the the covers record they put out, like it had things like you know that are normal for a a metal band to cover, like Nine Inch Nails and Cro-Mags and shit like that, right? And then of course there was the baffling addition of Southern Man by Neil Young. It's like, well, this is a real gamble, right? You know, like like you said, this could go a few different ways, and, and it feels like the deck is stacked against you pretty bad, right? Yeah, they did it the second version where they made it sound like themselves, mm-hmm. where they slowed down the song, they made it louder and grittier, and I, you know, I said it then and I say it now, changing the meaning of the song in a way that wasn't meaningful. right. I think the the best example, obviously, would be Johnny Cash doing Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Sure. He did it in his own style. He made it his own way, and he made it his own song. It became his song, 
Trent Reznor said that himself. I mean, it, it became, went it went from being like a sad song from a whiny young man to like a haunting song by a man about to die, like haunted by his past. Like that's pretty fucking meaningful, you know? Yeah, it it is a it became a beautiful song, and not to com- completely compare it to what Into Armor did with Southern Man. It just it doesn't have that same feeling or gravitas i know it's they're different obviously way different bands and styles and places that they're in at life where you know it's just here's our version of the song which is fine like southern man isn't the most tender song ever don't get me wrong no but it's just and, and i said it back then in our show you know whether you like neil young's voice or not it's came from a place in time in music where there was an emphasis on sincerity and honesty mm-hmm. and uh, activism and uh, you know political feelings and strife. And I just have felt and still feel, because I listened to it again before the show, that it's just like, here's noise. Yes. Absolutely. Like, you've taken any kind of dynamicism, dynamicism, away from the song and you have this instead as always I like to go through comments on something like this because you know I have I have an opinion on this and you know I know that it's probably different from others so you know um, let's see we got uh, this will surely piss off grandpa which I guess I'm grandpa because it sucks (laughs) instead of I'm baby I'm grandpa I'm grandpa uh, lots of, lots of people seem to think that this is incredible. Uh, my favorite one though is, uh, has Neil Young said anything about this? And the answer is no, of course not. <laughs> he did, he Have could you not... ever seen a Neil Young interview? Uh, if he has never been made aware of this and never will be, <laughs> he is blessfully unaware of its existence. You would extremely not give a shit or not like it. Yes. Um, he he might you know try to sell you a ponyo or something like that, but uh, no, he does not care about this. He's too busy with the uh, Lionel trains. <laughs> um, I uh, I still feel like this was a big mistake, and I feel like uh, you know maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that Interarma has had the same level of uh, acclaim since this happened. Are they related or just time? I think it could just could be time, but it could be like, man, I remember that really dog shit Southern Man cover. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that over them covering Leonard Skinner, I suppose. That's true. That's more like, you know, that's kind of a, a bar band thing, not like a relapse band thing. Although maybe we could change that. Like, uh, you know, could see um, uh, Pig Destroyer doing a cover of Curtis Lowe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he should, he should get on that. Well, I mean, where should we go from there, though? Like, we have this example of taking a well-known uh, song in a established style and trying to put your style on it and just kind of kind of whiffing on it. Where do you go from there? I think you go from taking a cover song, uh, going to the famous place they're from, Mm-hmm. Doing a cover version of it live with only half the band <laughs> and not knowing how the song goes or how to play any of the notes. Now, I'm interested. What, is, is there something in particular in mind with this? 
Um, I, I think they just started their tour now because I saw a bunch of my friends who stopped listening to metal 20 years ago, seeing them live. But uh, Metallica on their tour a few years ago, when I guess James and Lars needed a break, Rob Trujillo and Kirk Hammett would go out and do, I think they called them doodles. Rob and Kirk doodles. Where they would just cover random songs with just bass and just guitar. That pairing that we all know and love. (laughs) And famously, Kirk's guitar style does not lend itself to really playing anyone else's music other than Metallica. And when they played on September 4th in 2018, they were in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I feel like butcher isn't a strong enough word. Eviscerate. Vivisected. (laughs) Uh, Vivisection is when you're still alive. Um, It was an autopsy of Prince's When Doves Cry. You know, I think that you and I have talked about this specifically on the show probably more than once, but it bears repeating and listening to. Let's, Let's give it a little listen here. know how much Metallica tickets cost. Why, why would you inflict that on these, these people shelling out half their paycheck to see you? Because you're Metallica and you can, and people will clap along and be happy with it regardless. It's one of those, we already have your money, you can't leave, we've locked the doors situation. Maybe, maybe we'll play Enter Sandman after this. You have to stick around. I guess, furthermore, like what did Lars... Uh, what does Lars need a break from? Like, is he working too hard over there? I guess those fills are just filling him up too much. He needs to towel off, have a avion, you know, stretch his back a little bit. And there you go. Now, instead of hearing your favorite songs from 40 years ago, you have to hear them struggle to cover like Iron Maiden's Killers. Really uh, don't quite understand this, but what do I know? I'm not in the biggest metal band on earth. So there we go. Uh, just goes to show you can kind of get away with anything. And there are a lot of these on YouTube. You could just look up Robin Kirk's doodle and you have pro shot HD video of two guys just struggling to cover pop songs. Really, really good stuff overall. Um, let's let's go through let's go through another struggle session, so to speak. Oof. Yeah, I think I know which one you're going to pick, but go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, like we were going through our files earlier, and I was uh, remembered an old classic, uh, Puddle of Mud covering Nirvana at the Sirius XM Studios. I know that was it Wes Scantlin is that guy's name yeah I know he's had his struggles with like drug abuse and mental illness but like 
I, uh, I work with people on a daily basis who have similar struggles. I don't know specifically what would cause somebody to have this exact reaction because this is alien to me. What is going on here? It is a famously bad cover version in studio of a popular Nirvana song where Wes Gantlin's voice is shot. He has commented on it since and is kind of like, yeah, it's bad. Shouldn't have done that. So at least he's not like trying to excuse it or say like, yeah, that's what I meant to do. Um, just, And it's not a complicated song. It's not difficult notes. It's just I think he is trying to somewhat imitate Kurt Cobain and just sounds like he's trying to pass a kidney stone. A little bit, yeah. Um, he has moments where he kind of nails it and then other moments where maybe not so much. I think it's the vocal, uh, it's, it's the faces he makes with mm-hmm. his vocal inflections that really get me pretty good here. Yeah, so it's very, uh, I've just been eating pasta and bread for the past three days type faces he's making. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is a well-known one, but it's worth, it's worth revisiting anyway, cause I had a good time with it. Uh, we did talk about Metallica, another fun thing to bring up and remember, cause this is one of those odd, like memory hole things where someone will bring it up on like Twitter, social media, and everyone go, Oh yeah, I remember this. And then it gets forgotten about for like five years until someone else brings it up. But when MTV had their like Metallica honoring show, yeah, like for MTV some reason, icons, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Did they do a lot of those? I, honestly, I only remember this one because it was such a fucking train wreck. They probably did like three or four, and then just went, ah, all right, there's no more icons anymore. We don't have to do this. So they honored Metallica, I guess, uh-huh. by talking about them and praising them and then forcing them to sit through cover versions of their songs featuring bands like Limp Bizkit, Sum 41, and Avril Lavigne. Uh, when I think about you know Metallica's contemporaries, that's generally, uh, generally who I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, and Rob Halford was there too, I think with Sum 41. So overall, like um, <clears throat> it was a pretty star-studded venture. You've got... Um, for Whom the Bell Tolls and Enter Sandman by Sum 41, right? Uh, you've got Sad But True as covered by Snoop Dogg. Mm. Uh, Nothing Else Matters by one Aaron Lewis. Uh, one by Korn. Uh, Fuel by Avril Lavigne. And the live debut of Frantic by Metallica themselves. Yeah, that was a big deal at that point. The people were still high up on the new Metallica album not being the worst thing. Pretty pretty good stuff there. Um, I'm on the Wikipedia page for this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So MTV Icon. This went from 2001 to 2004, which is kind of a misdescription or misnomer. I mean, it did technically happen, but there were only one two, three, four episodes of this I see. in four years. First one was Janet Jackson. Okay. Second one was Arrows. Wait, 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 wait. I want to go back to Janet Jackson because okay. I'm looking at the track list here. Mm-hmm. And it includes Butt Cherry doing a cover of Nasty. <laughs> and it's not like they were trying to like have a diverse lineup in this because everyone else was 
Outcast, Destiny's Child, Macy Gray, NSYNC, Pink, Usher, and Maya. Yes. And Janet Jackson doing one of her own songs. So it's not like, let's get a metal band. Let's get a rock band. Let's get a ska band. It was like, let's have all of these things that kind of fit. And then Buck fucking Cherry. Buck fucking Cherry. Always there. Will always be there. Uh, sorry, the second one here was Aerosmith, which... Woof. Featuring performances from The Executioners. Hell yeah. <laughs> doing a medley of Sweet Emotion, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Love in an Elevator, and Walk This Way. Mm. Nelly, Ja Rule, DJ Clue, and Sum 41. Sum 41. Again. Pink, Shakira, Kid Rock, Ugh. Train, Ugh. Papa Roach. Ugh. God, we could do an entire show just on this. We probably will. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aerosmith doing a bunch of their songs. And in 2003, they did Metallica, which featured celebrity appearances by Rob Zombie, Lisa Marie Presley, R.I.P., oh. Jim Brewer. Oh, Sean Penn. Oh, somehow the most problematic on this entire list. It was the first appearance, first television appearance with bassist Robert Trujillo, who had joined the band a few months prior. MTV set up a website to promote the special, featuring testimonials. We have to find these. Yes. By celebrities and musicians, including Kelly Osbourne. Oh, yeah. Godsmack Sully Erna. <sighs> Linkin Parks, Dave Phoenix Farrell and Chester Bennington. And Ja Rule. Yeah, we got to track this down. Featuring performance by Sum 41, Stain, Deborah Levine, Snoop Dogg, Corn, Limp Bizkit, and Metallica. And the final one was The Cure, which had performances by Blink-182. That one make, that one actually makes sense because they had that song with Robert Smith. A Letter to Elise and all of this they performed. Mm-hmm. AFI, Just Like Heaven. Razor Light, Boys Don't Cry. I don't remember that, Ben. And Deftones, If Only Tonight We Could Sleep. Hmm. Uh, I feel like the Cure one got this right and that you have the Cure doing a lot of songs and then very few from everybody else. <laughs> it's probably the best way to do it and to like have bands that people may like, yeah. younger people. So. Yeah. And, you know, AFI, which, you know, uh, Davey Havoc is uh, straight up stolen, uh, you know, Robert Smith's look for 30 mm. years. So that makes sense. <laughs> None of his talent, but all the look. <clears throat> uh, okay. Well, uh, you want to you wanna do a bit from this uh, Metallica concert? Yeah, play a clip. You could really pick any of these to put on. All right, they're all going to be bad, so let's just do it. There you go. Um, boy, a lot of uh, a lot of people have nostalgia for those days for some reason. Because we were young. Yeah. Things weren't quite as bad as they would get. It's still pretty bad, though. Um, let's see. Let's uh, let's let's actually cover another one from that era. This is one that uh, even contemporarily people were like, this fucking sucks, dude. Uh, Limp Biscuit. Uh, as we talked about, had a genre-defining cover of uh, George Michael's Faith. Uh, and they decided to keep rolling the dice uh, with covers and got increasingly diminishing returns. 
The worst one would probably be the What's Going On Marvin Gaye cover. Uh, we don't even need to cover that one on here because it's deadly. Uh, but this one was a big radio hit, uh, Behind Blue Eyes by The Who. You remember this one? This is another one of those things where like you forget about it until someone mentions it and like your eyes grow wide because you're like, oh my God, yeah, that was a thing that happened. Uh, I fully blame Aaron Lewis and Stain for this. Because when their song that he did that became a hit where he was just like playing acoustic on a stage, Fred Durst was there. Yeah. Well, Fred, Fred Durst was uh, the guy that signed Stain. Right. He discovered them. Yeah, yeah. Or signed them. But for Stain's big hit, he was on stage saying, I, I'm feeling those I'm lighters. feeling those lighters. And, and singing along with the chorus. So I think that convinced him that he could do this sort of thing. Pretty, pretty bad. But you know, I, uh, I'm of course, you know, gonna gonna defer to the wisdom of the YouTube comments here. Hmm. Uh, let's see, Roy Panty Dropper Cropper six two one one says, "What's one of the best tribute cover songs there's ever been? Always amazing for years now." Uh, Mike Cornell says, "One of the best covers ever." Fred is great at singing this. Tone Clark says, "This song is beautiful. It gives me chills." What do you think? I think people suck. I uh, I don't really like this song to begin with, like the Who version, to be honest with you. So this, mm. like, it's um, <clears throat> it's like a shit sandwich, I guess. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. It's a song you don't like being performed by a band you don't particularly like in a style that does nothing. Yes, uh, with just like... <sighs> The sincerity of it makes me want to bully him. And on top of that, there's a music video. And I don't know, you're having the band that did Nookie still like they look how they look. But you're having this gentle, soft song about like being the sad man. It's like you're Fred Durst. You were a secret character in the Fight Club video. game. <laughs> you you made a big deal out of how you fucked Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Like, you're kind of a bad guy. <laughs> and no one knows what it's like to be hated, to be faded, to telling only lies. But my dreams, they aren't as empty. Another little trip down memory lane we have to take, unfortunately. In that vein, uh, there was another song, again, one that I had forgotten existed, but had recently come up in my mind because they're on tour now and apparently did this live. Mudvayne covering the police, King of Pain. On this little black cloud on the star today. While your face is paint up and you have the giant blue chin pubes and you're wearing overalls that used to be baggy but aren't baggy anymore. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, this is not such an anomaly, I guess, because we did have a, a vivid strand of new metal bands covering, like, uh, new wave songs for a while there. I think maybe the most prominent example being uh, Cole Chamber and Ozzy doing Shock the Monkey, right? You no, know, you also had Orgy doing Blue Monday. Yeah. Uh, you also had Power Man 5000 doing Let the Good Times Roll, so... I guess it was a thing in that area, but like most of those are 
varying degrees of success or mm-hmm. at least doesn't sound bad or is at least tolerable. This is a weird uh, one. This is a weird one. I, a lot of people say either uh, Chad Gray's voice uh, hasn't been good since LD50. Some people say it's never been good, to which I say, kids, kids, you're both right. <laughs> but yet, they want a police cover by the guys who paint their faces up and go Berber ding. Um, I will say it's better than them trying to speed it up and do their usual sort of proggy, sort of new metal thing that they're better known for. So as far as covers go, I don't necessarily want to listen to this, but that would have been worse. So I guess this in some way makes sense because uh, Ryan Martini, or was he Spag? or He was Rhino. You know he was Rhino. <laughs> don't try to play like you don't know all the fake names for the guys from Mudvayne. <laughs> You know, he's known as a pretty good bass player, and uh, for for whatever you think of Sting, uh, he's, he's he's a pretty good bass player as well. So it, it would make sense that he was looking for, he had bass on his mind, you know? Please just let me play a real song. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, was it, God, what were the names? Chuds, Gug, Rudd, and Spug? <laughs> just, I'm... You're trying. I know you're trying to distance yourself from this, but we know the truth. <laughs> Chad Gray was Chud or Cud. Eventually Cud. You have the bassist, Ryan Martini, who's Rhino. Um, you have the guitarist, Greg, who was Gerg. Oh, yeah. And then the drummer, whose real name was Matt, was for some reason Spag. Spag, that's the one I like, yeah. And I don't know. They have a new guitarist, like a live guitarist that's on stage with them and I think does backing vocals and paints his face. I don't know if they ever gave him a funny name. I hope to God they did. You're like, just poop. <laughs> like, this guy's poop. <laughs> Cud. Rhino. Steve. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's listen to this uh, this bizarre cover here. But it's my destiny to be the king of Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, personally, if I was going for the Sting cover, I probably would have gone with the uh, um, cover featuring uh, Sting, uh, Rod Stewart, and Brian Adams from the uh, Three Musketeers movie. All for one, love one for all. I would have gone with Roxanne. That would be a good one, too. I think um, Machine Head has covered Police as well. Of course. What a, what a vital and essential band. <laughs> At least it was like a bonus track on uh, their album. Uh, S- uh, send it out in SOS. Uh, message it's, in a bottle, yeah. Uh, message in a bottle, yeah. It's it's fine. It is inoffensive as far as what Machine Head could have done. Which metal band has the uh, the stones to cover the uh, Lolita song? <laughs> uh, I think all the bands that appeared on Warp Tour. Hey, get their asses. I know Disturbed has done a bunch of covers. We don't need to cover them. Fuck them. Oh, yeah. They did, uh, fuck. Speaking of uh, new wave bands and Genesis, I think they did Land of Confusion, didn't they? Yeah, that was a big hit, but they've done a few other ones, too. And yeah. just, they fuck. all sound like Disturbed. Fuck them. Fuck that band. 
Uh, let's talk about something else here. How about uh, this one? Uh, I guess I was not familiar with its existence, and I'm really, really glad that you brought it to my attention. This is five years old now, uh, and uh, it's so important. Uh, this has 108 million views on YouTube because uh, no one has any taste, I guess. Five Finger Death Punch with the song Gone Away. Are, do you know what Gone Away is? See, I didn't know this until I actually clicked on the song. I assumed it was just uh, an original. Mm -hmm. It is a cover of The Offspring from their album Ixnay on the Ombre, one of the earliest albums I ever bought, a song that is still played on the radio today. I think Breno once told the story of like when a tornado had hit the town. He was driving around with his friend, and this song was on the radio. Um, yeah, it's their songs about their friends dying, and Five Finger Death Punch did their five finger death punch thing where it is actually a song about soldiers dying. God, these guys fucking love, they fucking love the military. It's their favorite thing. Um, so yes, this is the example of the slowed down self-important cover. Like, I think we all know the offspring is, you know, kind of a butt rocky punk band. Uh, but this is their, I guess, serious one. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch took that, ran with it, added some piano, slowed it down, including all kinds of uh, important imagery of Hurt Locker bullshit or whatever, and like people coming to their front door, you know, with soldiers in uniform giving them an, an American flag and stuff, and people crying and shit like that. It's like, man, what are we really doing here? Like, something... <laughs> What what were the uh, the ratio of like American soldier deaths in Iraq and Afghanistan versus you know Iraqis or Afghanistanis like one to a billion? Some gave all. Some made a cover of an Offspring song. God damn. Uh, so yeah, watching this uh, the video, you get to see uh, Humvee uh, run over an IED and those guys getting owned, which is you know again pretty funny given what we know about this band uh super self-important super stroking off the military is the appetite for this shit finally done do you think do you think that no the never never really never because there is an audience that will eat this shit up every day of the week especially when and i will give whoever came up with this credit the thumbnail for this video is someone beside themselves weeping in front of american flag you know people will click on that no matter what. I mean, I will, but for different reasons, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, this is crass. This is craven. This is using, I guess, pretty blatantly the heartache and pain of people that lost loved ones in a stupid military conflict and then pressing that button over and over and over again because it gives them more fans and more money. And it's, we talked about this earlier, like changing the meanings of songs. Like, not only are you taking away the meaning from the offspring, you're doing it at the expense of people who have died in wars and their families, uh, especially for wars that didn't really seem to have much of a purpose. Um, and then, you know, making it jingoistic and, you know, pro 
military, pro-government, pro-invasion. So it's like a double twist-a-rooney meeting. It's a the triple lots of covers. This is satanic. Let's be clear here. That's let's not mince words. This is a deeply satanic thing to do. Five Finger Death Punch is so much more evil than whatever fucking bargain basement black metal band you're thinking of. And 104 million people have seen the video. Including us and now including you. Let's listen a bit. I absolutely hate this. It is deeply cursed, deeply, deeply evil. Uh, not to use that lightly. This is probably the most evil of the covers we have here today. We want to have maybe something a little bit more fun? Uh, let's see here. We can do... Someone had sent us... Oh, no, this is our friend Nikita had sent us, and oh, I'm going to have to... Uh, oh, boy pay him a visit at some point for subjecting us to this. Oh, boy. It is a cover of Lady Gaga's Just Dance by a band called Surrender the Dance Floor from Connecticut. So, <clears throat> I don't know for a fact, but I think that this particular cover was made by literal children. <laughs> and if you think that we're too good to make fun of children, you're deeply wrong. Uh, let's that just makes it easier. Let's roast these little shits. <laughs> Um, th let's go ahead and just listen to this because it's pretty, it's pretty funny. What do you think? What do you think about Surrender the Dance Floor's Just Dance? This may be one of the worst things we've ever played on the show. It's pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> like, we could play the sounds from a literal war, and it would be less offensive than this. Yeah, we, we're listening to, the, like, the forbidden bit of audio that Werner Herzog listens to in Grizzly Man. <laughs> it's just like, no one should hear this. <laughs> it's like a, one of those... Uh, I think it was Stars or Showtime. They had the Masters of Horror series. Mm -hmm. There was the one with uh, Norman Reedus where it's the forbidden movie, the fin de man, the absolute end of the world. And when people watch it, they go crazy. <laughs> That's that, but with this song. Yes, absolutely. I, this is so much fun. I mean, look, yes, this sucks or whatever, but the, compared to like the, 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 the evil capitalist like warmongering machine that is Five Finger Death Punch. This is kind of delightful, I think. Sure, it's the purpose of this is to be silly, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're 100% serious, but it's like, at least it's upbeat and it's not craven. Um, I don't know. I uh, think that if I remember correctly, Just Dance uh, was the big debut for Lady Gaga. That came out like when I was in... Uh, a freshman in college. So I have fairly fond memories of hearing that song everywhere while like hustling for Keystone Light. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Lady Gaga covers out there. Um, that doesn't need to be done. 
Uh, no, absolutely not. Let's talk about something that else that absolutely does not need to be done. Uh, last week I alluded to it. I uh, had set up a curse query uh, specifically to find maybe the most fucked up thing I could find. Uh, metalcore cover plus, you know, whatever I could think of that should not be covered. Uh, one of those queries was Frank Sinatra. Uh, I don't know why that was on mine. I thought just because it would sound very, very bad. And wouldn't you believe it? I found a metal cover of Fly Me to the Moon by Ooh. Frank Sinatra, and it sucks shit. Did you get a listen to Become the Night? That would be K-N-I-T. Uh, his cover of... Sorry, the video here says, Metal Frank Sinatra? Fly, me to, fly me to the Moon. Random Jams, Episode 9. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is one of the few I chose not to listen to. I feel cheated that you you wouldn't listen to these uh, these videos that I found specifically for you, Jordan. Well, now I can listen to it along with everyone else. All right, here we go. Uh, this is, by the way, not the only Fly Me to the Moon metal cover on YouTube. I don't know what it is about Fly Me to the Moon specifically. Like, Sinatra's got a pretty deep uh, discography, but uh, this is the only one that I've seen these idiots uh, clamor onto. Is, is there, like, some additional cultural reference here with this one? Like, was it in a cartoon or something that I'm just not familiar with? I think it was used in commercials. Okay. That like one. Expedia or Delta Air. Okay. Uh, all right, here we go. This is uh, Metal Frank Sinatra. Pretty bad. Pretty bad stuff, man. It's another one of those artists where you probably shouldn't cover it, whether mm-hmm. it's just iconic or you're just not going to sound like him. I think Devin Townsend has done some Frank Sinatra stuff. Uh, I remember not being too into it. I don't um, I don't like, again, I, this is probably like an age thing. I don't like Frank Sinatra to begin with either. This sounds, no. like, this sounds like fucking dusty old antique shit to me, you know? It is. I think it's just iconic, like New York, New York. It's just songs that have appeared for so long in pop culture that you just kind of know it, even if you don't like it. But uh, it did remind me, if we're talking about older and in some cases dustier uh, songs and covers, Danzig covering Elvis. Oh, fuck me. Like for a full album, too. (laughs) A whole album that nobody liked. He liked it. That was what was important, you know? This is the thing that he's been wanting to do for decades. He finally did it, and everyone's like, God damn, where is Erie Vaughn? He needs to save your ass again. <laughs> like, there was a time if he did this, it could have been great. Yes. That time was 30 to 40 years ago. Yes, correct. It is not 2020, and recording it possibly in your garage. Really, uh, Probably the most amateurish sounds you're going to get out of, like, a platinum-selling artist. Crazy, right? You could afford a real studio. You could afford a real producer. You chose not to do any of this. Like, he's just spending all of his money on fillers for his girlfriend rather than, like, on production (laughs) costs. Just wasting it all on his next movie that is still not available streaming. My wife is still mad at me that, like, I made her watch... Uh, fuck, what was it? Vampirata. Veronica. Veronica, yeah. Yeah, people can go back and listen to our very... Our but, do, but, like, don't. don't. <laughs> you can, but don't. 
moving on here, uh, what, what else you want to talk about? We could do a double discussion of a cover song. Oh, I think that we have to, actually. So uh, our, our dear friend, uh, Pumpkin Baby, uh, probably uh, one of the sweetest people I've ever met through the site, uh, shared this awful, awful thing with me. Uh, this is It Lives, It Breathes, covering We Didn't Start the Fire. This was released in, I believe, 2017. Uh, and of course, you know, as uh, as is uh, de rigueur with this, you got to update the vote. Uh, you got to update all your lyrics for We Didn't Start the Fire. So it's more relevant to a younger, hipper generation. Uh, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire was released in like, what, 83, 84, something like that. And it was about, uh, you know, how all of the current issues of the day were not the fault of the young people, actually. Uh, they just have to deal with it. Those issues of the day included, like, new Coke, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about It Lives, It Breathes is that they are a somewhat local band. Oh. I, I think they're from where I'm living right now. Um, and early, early on in the, the start of Toil of Hell... Um, I've stopped doing it just cause I don't feel like doing it anymore, but I had an ongoing series where it was called a video breakdown, mm-hmm. um, where you just go through a video that I thought was doofy and just uh, do a mystery science theater goof on it. And I did it for one of their songs and it was a little bit mean. I feel bad about it now, like unnecessarily mean. And uh, a weird connection is that the vocalist from that band was in a Facebook group I was in that was, uh, talking about like it was a wrestling group and it had a lot of like known musicians in it and just random Hollywood people as well. Like Ron Funches was in the group. Huh. Uh, some of the guys from like stick to your guns were in it and uh, he was in it as well. And like, I was, was like very friendly with him and like, I don't know if he knew that I wrote about the band and I just always felt bad about it. Um, I guess that is a thing. We have been talking mad shit for almost a decade now, haven't we? We are coming up on a 10-year anniversary soon, aren't we? Yeah. But like for that 10 years, like you and I have done pretty much nothing but talk shit and uh like fortunately like we don't we're not industry people, so it doesn't matter. This has no effect on our life. I guess somebody could slug us in the nose or something, but like <laughs> aside from that, uh no real issue here. So, uh that's kind of fun. Uh, we've, we've, I can't imagine how many, uh, how many metalcore guys we've angered over the years. Well, they know where to find us. Exactly. Uh, so this, uh, keeping in theme with, uh, you know, with the original, uh, we didn't start the fire. It sucks. It's a bad song. Bad song. I do not like Billy Joel. Stop it. Okay. So here I, I actually, my familiarity with Billy Joel was limited to We Didn't Start the Fire and Piano Man, two songs that I absolutely despise. In the years since, I decided to skip around the discography a little bit. He has a couple of jams. There's a couple of tight songs, but his biggest hits are absolutely insufferable. Uh, I do want to give him credit there. He has a couple of good ones, and, you know, they had to be good. He bagged Christy Brinkley. Uh, But this, it's bad. This one in particular includes like a really transphobic line too. <laughs> uh, did you, I don't know if you listened to the full thing. No, I didn't. Don't recommend it. Um, so you know, 
whatever, we'll listen, listen to a bit right here. sucks of course it sucks uh a much bigger band had the exact same idea like a few weeks ago and uh, they also should not have done this yeah someone opened the ark of the covenant because fallout boy's back for some reason uh i assume pushing 50 years old uh they got a new album out and they did a cover of we didn't start the fire and i only know about this because people were dunking on it yeah yeah they um they shouldn't have done this, I don't think. <laughs> shouldn't have done that. He's yeah. just a boy. <laughs> uh, do you want Do you want to go through uh, some of these updated lyrics to make it more hip and relevant to our current day and age? Yes, I found the lyrics to this, and please stop me when I hit something particularly egregious to you or offensive or head-scratching. Uh, we're going to be pausing a lot. Yes. Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. Starting off strong with a cartoon from 30 years ago. Yeah, updating things for the kids of today with uh, the environmental superhero from 1995. And what do you follow up Captain Planet with? Tell me. Arab Spring. What, what, that was like 20, 2009? <laughs> when was that? Captain Planet, Arab Spring, L.A. Riots... Rodney um, King. That was 1992, specifically. Mm-hmm. Deep fakes. Uh-huh. Earthquakes. Uh-huh. Iceland volcano. Okay, now that... That's 20 years ago now. <laughs> Oklahoma City bomb. 1992, I believe. Kurt Cobain. 94? 5? Pokemon. 1998. Tiger Woods. 98. MySpace. 2005. Monsanto. I mean, they well, they've been around for a long time. GMOs. Very relevant to this day and age. Harry Potter. What do you think, like 99? I think a little, somewhere around there, maybe a little later. Yeah. Harry Potter, Twilight, 2005, Michael Jackson Dies, 2009, Nuclear Accident, I mean, you probably got to get more specific there, I assume he's talking about Fukushima? Yeah, it's Nuclear Accident, Fukushima, Japan. Okay, all right, thank you. Crimean Peninsula. Wow, okay, uh... I guess we can do either currently or, you know, like 10 years ago. Cambridge Analytica. Okay, come on. That, now, That's a stretch. Nobody gives a shit about that. Kim Jong-un. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. What? Iron Man. What, what was that, 2007? I mean, it's still ongoing. Well, sure, but should... I mean, it was a big, it was big news. This Robert Downey Jr. He's going to play a superhero. <laughs> it's not like he's, he hasn't been around for 30 years. Uh. More war in Afghanistan. Uh, okay. 
Cubs go all the way again. What? What? Okay, we're again 2008. <laughs> Obama, Spielberg, Explosion, Lebanon. I Lebanon would have been in the 90s. Since the 80s? Yeah, the 80s, I think, yeah. I guess there's flare-ups every couple of years, so there you go. Uh, I think they just really wanted it for the rhyming scheme, because coming up we have Unabomber. Okay, or very, very early 90s. Bobbit. No, come on, man. <laughs> it gets worse, because they go Unabomber, Bobbit, John. Oh. <laughs> Bombing Boston Marathon. That sucks so much ass, dude. Gets worse. Balloon Boy. Fuck. War on Terror. Fuck. QAnon. We're, we're really covering way too much time with this song, I would say. All right, I'm going fast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, the band is covering oh, too much of a, like, a liminal space. <laughs> okay, good. We're going to, we'll cover this as long as it takes then. I, I just like hearing your soul die with each further line. <laughs> Trump gets impeached twice. Okay. Polar bears got no ice. Fuck you. Firefest. Wow. Black Parade. Hmm. Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. Y2K. There's really nothing connecting any of these things. Is Here's some things we thought that happened within the last 40 years. It definitely Googled like 1990 news. Yeah. And just looked at a Wikipedia page and tried to make it all rhyme poorly, I might add. Boris Johnson. Brexit. <sighs> Kanye West and Taylor Swift. Ooh. Stranger Things. Tiger King. Ugh. Ever Given. That's the uh, uh, the boat what blocked up the canal. Uh, that would explain this next line because it's Ever Given, comma, Suez. Ah, there we go. Sandy Hook. Hmm. Columbine. Oh, okay. All right. Sandra Bland and Tamir Rice. Don't think that rhymes. Isis. Mm-hmm. LeBron James. <laughs> Shinzo Abe blown away. <laughs> Meghan Markle, George Floyd, Burj Khalifa, Metroid. What does Metroid have to do with any of this? I don't know. Don't don't get me wrong. I like Super Metroid and all, but like I don't think that of all the big news items, Metroid has anything to do with it. Just the world demanded George Floyd and Metroid be put together in a song. Deeply malevolent song so far. Fermi Paradox. Come on, man. Venus and Serena. Dude. Oh, oh, oh. Michael Jordan, 23. YouTube killed MTV. Jesus Christ. I can't believe this is the next line. Just these two things together. SpongeBob. Golden State Killer got caught. <laughs> Michael Jordan, 45. 
Woodstock 99, mm-hmm. Keaton Batman, Bush v. Gore, I can't take it anymore. Nor can I. We're almost done, I promise. Elon Musk, Kaepernick, Texas failed electric grid. God damn you. Jeff Bezos, climate change, white rhino goes extinct. Great Pacific garbage patch, Tom DeLonge and aliens. And just as an aside, fuck everyone who's been saying Tom DeLonge is right about aliens. Uh, Tom DeLonge actually works for the CIA. That's not, that is not like a joke. He gets funding from the CIA. This is a fucking psyop if there ever one. That is a fact. Yeah. Mars Rover, Avatar, self-driving electric cars. Oh, good job. SSRIs, Prince and the Queen Die, (laughs) World Trade, Second Plane, what else do I have to say? I... I'm struggling to put together exactly what he's trying to say here, as in, like, what, what is happening? Like, I mean, you're mentioning news items, but what the fuck are you actually talking about? Nothing. They took a popular song from 40 years ago, they updated it with just generic headlines, and struggled to make things rhyme, and just plopped out a song it's so sick that like i was able to see andy hurley the drummer from fallout boy play with race trader like a few months ago and that was like a really sick hardcore show where they had a lot of uh, important things to say in between like you know these old guys thrashing around uh, to just going back to his paying job doing this shit (laughs) i guess you make your money any way you can i guess so Ugh. Really despicable stuff, man. Yeah, that shit sucks. No need for any of that. Feel like we gotta we gotta end this on a better note, maybe. How about uh God I'm looking through the list right now, it's like getting pretty dire actually. <laughs> we could talk about an entire album that shouldn't exist. Yeah, what do you got? Bring you to your knees. A tribute to Guns N' Roses. Oh, fuck. Again, you no one should ever cover Guns N' Roses. That it, we don't need it. They're still around. Their songs still get played ad nauseum everywhere. And we don't need hardcore and metalcore versions of that. Absolutely not, no. Now, I only know of this album's existence because the first band on it is Zombie Apocalypse, a band I really like who has put out two EPs and a split album in like 20 years of existence. And I've liked everything they've done with the exception of their cover of Welcome to the Jungle. This is one of those versions where like you make it your own and you play it how you do. And this song does not need to be fast. It does not need gang vocals. It does not need two vocalists doing things. And it is just painful to listen to much like the rest of this album as I'll go through the track list real quick. Haste Covering Your Crazy, Vox, which is a name I haven't heard in 20 years, covering 14 years, Unearth, covering It's So Easy, mm. Break the Silence, covering Night Train, Death by Stereo, covering Anything Goes, Most Precious Blood, covering Sweet Child of Mine. I, I got curious on this one, so I had to give it a listen and 
Ooh, this is rough, man. Time in Malta covering November rain. My memories of time in Malta are I was at uh, Hellfest in 2004 and uh, just running around seeing bands and seeing posters for them. And was like, oh, I'll check them out. I like that name. I think I might know one of their songs. And watching approximately five minutes of their set and walking out. <laughs> Dillinger Escape Plan covering My Michelle. 18 Visions covering Paradise City. Every Time I Die covering I Used to Love Her. God Forbid covering Out to Get Me. Bleeding Through covering Rocket Queen. And The Beautiful Mistake covering Estranged. Now, is there a particular song you want to play? Honestly, Most Precious Blood fucked up Sweet Child of Mine pretty bad. I feel like we should probably listen to just this really dodgy cover. That's ramshackle as fuck, man. (laughs) (laughs) A whole album of unnecessary into one tight, compact disc. All yours, but you must order now. Uh, I would actually like to close uh, this with a cover. Uh, When I think about unnecessary music in general, this this guy uh, sometimes comes to mind. Uh, Do you know who Brian Posehn is? Yes, the very tall funny-looking comedian who has been in a ton of good comedy stuff, like Mr. Show. Yeah. Uh, He's usually like a side character or a guest person on sitcoms and comedies. And he has occasionally ventured into the musical world, I think through Metal Blade, right? Or Relapse. Yeah, yeah. Now, thinking about uh, comedians uh, that have put out metal records... It's pretty rough stuff. I think this is worse than Jim Brewer's output. I don't take that lightly. Brian Pesain, three years ago, put out a cover of What Does the Fox Say? The I mean, his song he did in like the mid-2000s, Metal by Numbers, yeah. was pretty bad to begin with. And he had Scott Ian involved in that. Yeah, that was really awful. This, this is one of the worst things I think I've ever heard. Uh, here, this is comedy metal cover, really toxic shit overall. Let's, let's just give a taste of this irritating piece of shit. This should not have been made. That's my opinion on this one. And yet it's here. And yet people have just listened to it. So there you go. Uh, Glad that we can inflict that on everybody else. 
Is there anything uh, particular you want to get on this one before we call it? I think there's just there's so many covers out there, and uh, there's a lot of interpretation of like what could be good. Maybe you like it, but you know it's not good. Um, so if we've missed anything, or you've actually liked some of these, sorry. Um, uh, just briefly mentioning senses fail covering suicidal tendencies mm. uh, institutionalized which is whatever but the the reason why i bring it up is because the vocalist's name is buddy <laughs> so instead of you know mike mike he's saying buddy buddy which is just silly um and i, I know uh, ice t has covered that song as well where he's yelling about playing xbox yeah yeah um, there's Sepultura covered Prodigy, which is weird, but it's not the worst thing. Firestarter. Um, one funny one I always remember is Celtic Frost covering uh, Taco's Mexican Radio. Wait, uh, that wasn't Taco, was it? Because Taco had um, putting on the. Oh, I was putting on the Ritz. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it was Wall of Voodoo that had right. uh, Mexican so, Radio. Apologies to. Uh, Gen X correspondent Ian for getting something <laughs> wrong from probably before I was born. Um, pretty uh, that's that's pretty good stuff. Uh, just thinking, Twelve Stones, the Christian mm. new metal band covering "Kiss from a Rose" by Seal. That one is also very bad. Uh, or last night, a band that we spent probably a half hour shitting on last week. I have a number that I would like to give a mention to, including. Probably one of the most evil songs ever written, especially over the last 10 years or so. Uh, High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, otherwise known as the Pete Buttigieg song. Uh, this is bad, very bad. Is that a song he used for his campaign? Yeah, yeah. His uh, his supporters online, like uh, they did a dance. They, they, they encouraged supporters to do a dance for High Hopes. Uh, really toxic stuff. Um, but they also did, uh, what you shared with me, a cover of, uh, fucking, uh, running up that hill, uh, by Kate Bush, uh, as another way of trying to horn in on the popularity of something that has nothing to do with them with that song's inclusion on the stranger things soundtrack. Because of course they covered it. It was popular and they ran to their living room studio and cranked that out as fast as possible. And if you go to YouTube and just look up Metal Cover Kate Bush, you will find hundreds of these. Bunch of Johnny-come-latelys. Um, one more to include that you showed me that was very off-putting. Uh, it Dies Today with a cover of Enjoy the Silence. Just a- did, you, did you see It Dies Today was like back in the news this week? No. Billie Eilish, of all people, had like put out an Instagram story hyping up uh, their video, A Threnity of Modern Romance, from 2005. Insane. Yes. Uh, I w- um, th- yeah, this, this cover of Depeche Mode, though, it's notable for some baffling vocal phrasing in this song. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Yeah, it's for whatever reason, that uh, and like personal Jesus or songs that get covered a lot and they shouldn't be. Yeah. Like I know Lacuna coils and enjoy the silence. I know, uh, lollipop lust kill has done personal Jesus. So there's plenty of uh, other bad covers out there. Uh, and before we forget about it, this is one I mentioned, like when we first started talking about it, there's a like barely known metalcore band that I have their album, I think cause I like their name. 
uh, and just like the general imagery, but they were not particularly good. Um, and I also like their usage of samples. Their band called Cold War, very like bottom rung generic metalcore. And on their album, they had a secret track where they cover Iron Maiden, the Trooper, and they are one of those bands that made it their own in their own sound. So there's breakdowns. It's sped up. It is bad because there's <laughs> gang vocals for the woes. Um, the only saving grace for this song is that they use samples from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where they're like, whoa, Iron Maiden. <laughs> so that at least makes it like semi-tolerable because it's not 100% serious. But it's bad. Yeah, yeah. We can only give you so much credit here on a bad cover. Um, boy, I feel exhausted after all of this. How about you? We covered a lot of ground, and yet there is still hundreds of other songs out there. So people can let us know some of their own samples, whether it's in the comments section on the website, on social medias, or in the Toilet of Hell Discord. Let us know. Show us your most deeply cursed metal covers, and we'll all have a nice time with it. Um, if you like this show, you want more episodes, we're over on Patreon with bonus episodes for just $5 a month. Uh, you can follow us online, send us an email, all of those things. You know us. You can get at us. We don't have to get into detail, do we? I'm tired. Yeah. Let's call it, and we'll see you next time. Bye. You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio Radio. TOVH, The Flush.